Welcome to Cloudlandia. Welcome to Cloudlandia. Welcome uh, to my secret domain where I make uh, very crucial <clears throat> decisions and also involve myself in very crucial discussions with mm-hmm. those, those who know. I, mean, I don't have crucial discussions with those who don't know. Mm. Dan, I have been, I've read now one and a half times, your attention, your property. Take Mm -hmm. back complete control of your attention for the rest of your life by one Dan Sullivan with cartoons by Hamish McDonald. Are you familiar with this piece of work? I am. I, I am. And I know people who are on the inside of that project. Wow. So it's fascinating, Dan, like really, and it's one of those things that we've had discussions about, but for some reason, seeing it collectively all put into this one frame of equating your attention to property, it's your property and you do with it what you want, is a, mm-hmm. it's pretty, pretty profound. Yeah, I think the what I'm taking advantage of, as I do pretty close, almost right up front, is that when people check out their past experience in terms of what experiences really mean the most to them and they remember most, it's probably where they gave the experience their full attention. In other words, they weren't dividing their thinking with a lot of other things while they're having the experience. So that's one. That's a big positive thing. And the other thing is that everybody I know, if you get them talking, they have property that really is dear to them. You know, they really love certain aspects of their uh, property. And just generally, I'm talking about physical property. And so I said, what if you just took these two positives and put them together and just basically said that your attention is your property, but that you frequently, I, I'll use my access, I have frequently in my life like property because I've let it be taken up and taken over uh, by things which really weren't all that good for me. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, launched, my thinking is that it really changes the frame of it because there's time as one thing time is passing by but it's the most important thing are these i've been using the word attention units that's really what's the yeah is, is being because attention is the we've said it Jackson, before that Jackson, i looked yeah. at the, yeah, you know the, exactly. They, but there, yeah, the, the Jackson, uh, you know, ten minutes, <laughs> a ten minutes, uh, full concentrated attention on a uh, single thing. Yeah, of directed attention. That's yeah. really that's what I realized is the crown jewel of it all is the tippy top mm-hmm. laser focus of the primary attention on one thing, and when you get that. I I do see that there are many, there's different levels. I would say even either you can give something full, uh, something attention while 
listening to something else in the background and watching something else out of your periphery and being in an environment that's competing for mm-hmm. other attention around there. But there's nothing like this sort of 3D attention where it's the full. Yeah, you and I both. And, but there's uh, typically people say ADD are people who can't pay attention because they have too many distractions going on. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's, that's only half right. That's only happened. In mm-hmm. fact, there are certain activities where people with ADD hyperfocus, and mm-hmm. that they are able to focus in a way that people who aren't distractible can focus. Okay, mm-hmm. and it's been one of my great pleasures to discover that doing workshops on Zoom almost invites me to be in hyperfocus for the entire for the entire period of six hours at least. The actual, the actual coaching part, and and, and participate in the breakout. Yeah, it's hard for me to do that in person situations to be hyper focused. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting because probably in in person workshops during the break things you've got team members that are coming up to you and other things that are going on and. The, not if I'm in the not if I'm in the not if I'm in the actual discussion with the clients that wouldn't that wouldn't be interrupted. But the basic thing is that people are not as organized and focusing in four chairs in the lobby and things are going on around them and everything like that. Uh, yeah, I agree. And but when they're simply in a very comfortable, very comfortable place in their own home. Or their own yes. office, and they're taking part in a digital, a Claudlandia event. They tend to be much more present and much more focused than yeah. they are when they're. That was my the- big realization from the beginning about the breakouts are m- yeah. improved. Yeah. When you break, uh, you're moving to someplace else where you. Where you right and and you say I'm oh I'm just gonna get in a short call here I'm just gonna leave a message mm-hmm. so that's finish up yeah yeah and every if everybody added to that it would be five minutes before you start the uh, yeah. discussion group and somebody say what are we supposed to do yeah, I wasn't really yeah I didn't really do the exercise <laughs> that's really, exactly what happened get, yeah, I didn't really get that and and. You know, I don't think we I realized mean, you were on to us with that, Dan. There, there's two responses. Uh, you know, there's two responses to that. One, one is, don't they know this is important? Why don't they? That's one response. The other response is, now improve them. We've got to, we've got to really double down and improve their taking of their. Yeah, that doesn't work either. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to I'm going to start with I'm going to improve the human race and I'm going to start with these people right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> no, I, yeah. I really well, thank do. You I very, love. Thank you very much. Thank you very much uh, with, on the feedback on that book. But it's just I notice when I go in and out, I'm pretty yeah. conscious, of, and that that it's our own fault in a certain way because. We have so many interesting experiences that are on file, and that 
that we can pull anyone if we're the least bit bored in the present we can pull one of those other stored up experience and think about a stored up experience uh, more than about what's actually happening to us right now yeah one of my favorite quotes is the difference you feel between being owned and being the owner is dramatically energizing yeah that's an interesting I hadn't heard you talk about that uh, before, mm-hmm. but what is, can you explain that a little? Um, yeah. That for me? Well, I guess just to use an experience where at some point people in their past, their time wasn't their own, like mm-hmm. they were in class and they had to pay attention during class. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and to, to a certain extent, the the time wasn't their 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 own during that hour. So maybe you can go back and say you're the one who chose to be here, but that that yeah. certainly wasn't true to first grade through twelfth grade and and when I was going through school. Not really my choice. And a little kid doesn't like first grade. So it was your decision to go. Well, not really. Right, no. right, right. And and anyways, that was owned, you know. And so the experience and my attention to the experience was not under my ownership during the time of a class. and But on the other hand, somebody, I was reading an article here. This is a really interesting thing. I was reading an article about the word the Enlightenment, which is roughly 17th, 18th, 19th century intellectual movement, largely in mm-hmm. Europe. And the author was using it as if this Enlightenment was a consensus that everybody involved in the Enlightenment uh, was in agreement with each other and that they were all the type of, same type of people. They were all in agreement with each other. And when you go into it deeply, you realize that, in fact, there were two parts of the Enlightenment and they were in bitter opposition to each other. And one of them turned into uh, kind of what I would call Anglo-American Dutch Anglo-American capitalism and democracy, and the other one turned into European totalitarianism, like the Nazis, uh, the communists, and everything. Where mm-hmm. they both, where they, where both of them started was our human brains are good enough that we can figure out what we're supposed to do. Okay, when we have truths in quotation mark that are passed down from antiquity we don't have to accept them right out we can use our brains to think do we really want to accept these truths and that's where it started but one of them went in there was a fork in the road and one of them went to the left and right so i just spent about two hours going through this and making notes and i said everything in coach really agrees with this Dutch angle being British American enlightenment and it's opposed to everything. So I felt that I was owning my time. I was, I was using Google for good purposes and uh-huh. I, I, I was going deeper on something I was keenly interested in and I yeah. feel armed. I feel armed for future discussions about this idea of the enlightenment and mm-hmm. and I got some proof for what I think uh, is a fundamental philosophical impact of strategic coach concepts and tools. <laughs> so there. Yeah. That was uh, our well-owned. 
Yes. Yeah. We, and you do that all the time with your new VCR models. I do. You, you're, I mean, pas- you're passionate about the topic. Yeah. You have a way of very quickly reviewing what you've established as first principles for what's a vision, what's cap, uh, what's capability, capability yeah. what's reach, what's capability and what's reach. And I've just mm-hmm. added to my understanding of that. That's your attention well used and you mm-hmm. own that you own that nobody else in the world owns that because nobody else knew what you were doing that's right yeah, yeah that's it is, and i think yeah yeah mm-hmm. i i see that all the time now that that you're right that there's a lot of those things but that requires a little yeah it requires some awareness of that is yeah. that, that you're doing this in the pursuit of something but then there's a lot of those hours where my, because you're consorting with evildoers who are don't have the same intention for your attention as you do, you often get sucked into yeah. hours spent, not well invested uh, attention hours. Yeah, that's like one the gravitational of the reasons. Uh, one of the reasons I uh, abstain from television now in my fourth yeah. year now, I haven't watched any television. Now, over that time, Babs watches television. She's got one in the gym. And when mm-hmm. she's exercising, she'll, she's been watching things. And she'll tell mm-hmm. me about them. She'll tell me about them. And it's very clear to me from her reports that there were some things on television during the more than three years that I've not been watching television that probably I would have probably enjoyed. Mm-hmm. So I probably would have enjoyed that. But... Mm-hmm. That's true about anything in life. <laughs> if you decide to go to New York uh, for three days, did you know that same time in Los Angeles, there were really neat things uh, going on in Los Angeles that you missed because you chose to go to New York? <laughs> well, I had a great swim in the ocean, Dan, but I sure missed a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, <laughs> And I think it's a scarce. I think it's a fundamental scarcity. Um, yeah, at the very bottom of how people experience themselves, it's either abundance or scarcity, and, mm-hmm. and I think it's binary. Okay, and that is that great things are happening, and I don't. I'm not included in them. And it, there's Joe Polish coined a term, Tom syndrome, terrified of mis- missing shit. You know, mm-hmm. that, uh, and he said that he has it, and he brought it up. He says, "But I have a feeling that the things that I'm doing are not as interesting as what's going on someplace else." Mm-hmm. And I said, well, "That is that a good thought for you to have inside your head?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and he said, yeah. "What do you mean? I didn't put it there." And I said, "Yeah, but at a certain point, you knew it was there. So yes, if it stays in your head, then it's with your permission." That's it. Yeah, this is, and you're you're absolutely right that the when you have a lens like this, when I'm looking through things and I see them in light of the in Cloudlandia or in light of the VCR formula and seeing things in action, there's it's I feel good like that I've uncovered a gem kind of thing. Just it was just announced that Barstool Sports is going to 
pair with virtual dining concepts to do the same kind of arrangement as Mr. Beast called Barstool Bites. And you think about what an amazing, of course, it makes all the sense in the world that eating and having stuff while watching sports is like the the perfect combination. And these guys have a rabid, amazing um, mm-hmm. story as well. Are you familiar mm-hmm. with Barstool Sports? No. Nope. Dave Portnoy? Nope. No. So they're nope. relatively like, they're a new world kind of media company. And it's a pretty, a pretty amazing story. They're just like, they took over the sports commentary world, just real sports fans reporting on real sports. And that's why they call it barstool sports. Like all the guys that would be diehard fans sitting at the bars, never missing a game and knowing have with encyclopedic knowledge of everything. Bars generally like on NFL Sunday, they'll have all the games on. Yeah, different, that's uh, right. You know, and you can position your bar stool and your drink to watch the game yeah. that, uh, that you're interested in. That's exactly right. And so that's the crowd. That's their audience. And mm. they've built an amazing thing. Sold, sold their a big piece of the, the company to a major a betting company, and they are you know, poised to become a billion-dollar empire. And it all happened fairly quickly. But now with... I love it. I, I love yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, there's a very famous... Uh, he actually won... I think he actually won a Nobel Prize about five years ago. Joel... Mokir, M-O-K-Y-R. He's an economist. Uh-huh. He spent a lot of his time near the University of Chicago. And mm-hmm. he basically put substance to, like mathematical substance uh, formula to that new capabilities, like hanging out with new capabilities. Yes. Yeah. I'm putting it in layman language, but that's yeah. the essence. But that's the essence yeah. of what he did. And they had a mathematical formula to actually show the desirability of capabilities to other desirable to other desirable capabilities. Yeah. And yeah. I've been very influenced. I, I, I read things that people do and I don't try to apply their ideas, but it resonates. No. Like like my idea of coach resonates with his Nobel Prize winning idea. So my idea mm. kind of resonates with his idea. I let that be. I let that be. And, and people say, well, why don't you call that person and talk to him? And I said, other than that, I don't think we have much to talk about. I said, they probably roots for the, I root for the Browns. And that's going to be a right. bummer right off the bat. And, uh, so anyway, people think, you know, oh, you should really get the emphasis being on should. Any word uh, where somebody uses at me. It has the word shit in it. I know that's loser right there. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah, that's, yeah. The so, uh, you know, it's think there's story after story of that. But, but you know why you're seeing, why you're seeing them, Dean? Because I'm giving my attention to them. Because that's, them? What your brain, because that's what your brain's looking for. 
Yes, exactly. So it's told, it's told your eyes don't think. Right. <laughs> ah, damn, there's another book. I see it coming. Eyes don't think. And your other eyes obvious not, observations. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Your eyes don't see, your eyes don't think, and neither do your ears. Right. <laughs> yeah, they they are directed. They re, they report to a yeah, higher right. executive. Uh, yeah, they're data gatherers. They're data gatherers. Yeah, that's right. They're yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're told today I want you to look for this, and the eyes look yes. for that. They ignore everything that they looked for yesterday and look for this today. Yeah. You know? And then you get a pattern of sometimes they do create a pattern of what they're looking for. Yeah. And you start to see that evidence. I love I love things like that. I start yeah. to see the what I'm really starting to figure out. What this your attention concepts here put in my mind is that's really where we are right now. Is that we have more than any other time in history, things to attract our attention. Mm -hmm. And not only that, we also equally have the greatest opportunity to direct our attention more than ever. Like before, up until the sort of streaming and the internet searching for going out and finding the things, Aside from the Dewey Decimal System at the library, the card catalog, the only opportunity that most of our attention was taken up by things that were being thrown to us on someone else's schedule. Like the television lineup was what the television lineup was. Yep. Mm -hmm. There was no sidestepping that. If you wanted to watch certain shows, you built your week around or your day around that time. That's when it was happening. So your attention was being gathered there. And luckily, it, there was a balance of it that we yeah. had more attention units to give because there was less competing for it. Like back, even the the days of cable in the 80s when it was like, that was the big joke. Now there's so many channels, but nothing's on. You know, the, the other thing, I just got a thought sitting there, and I said, oh, I remember when the TV stations, and this is ABC, CBS, NBC, yeah. your local v version of them, uh, signed off at midnight. They signed off, and uh, they didn't come back till 6 o'clock. Yeah, with the American flag, so right. Went, so I went on YouTube and I said, I want to see, I want to see TV sign-offs. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know, and they didn't all sign off with the, with the national, national anthem. Bag. Yeah. Some of them, it was, um, you know, a little self-promotion on the part of the local studio, you know, you know, why we're such great contributors to Scranton, Pennsylvania. Yeah, and I said it was a little, you know, that was a little, you know, positive affirmation for themselves before they went on off the air. And we will be very, we're signing off now, but in six hours, we will be very disappointed if you don't 
sign back on with us. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like now, that, don't yeah. change that dial. Don't yeah, that don't dial. change it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you Did got you it know, where Dan? you yeah, you got us where you need it. You don't know about that antenna. If you, the other guys, it's not the same. It's a bit fuzzy. Yeah, but but it was a different time. That here you have six hours of black and blank. So every that, that's how Kevin Harrington got started with the infomercial. He was watching when cable started. The Discovery Channel was on channel thirty-two or whatever it was uh, for him. And he was home late and was flipping through, but there was no signal. Nothing was coming through on channel 32. And he called the cable company and said, hey, channel 32 is broken. It's not coming through uh, on me. And they said, oh no, they only broadcast till, they only broadcast till midnight. And then they start again at, at 8 a.m. And he was, I'll buy he saw that. That's what he said. That's exactly what happened. Is can you rent me that? Could I provide content uh, for that? And it was basically they would look at it that they were looking to make seven thousand dollars for a half hour of the show, the the airtime, and he was happy to provide that, and that built the. Built an empire around that. He had it to himself oh, yeah. for quite a time. Yeah, it was, it was, um, was found found money. Oh, it's a great pleasure. It's very interesting if you if you look at the micro starting with the microchip revolution. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people don't realize that the uh, microchip revolution was essentially not possible without sand. Wow, that's it. Silicon. That's the uh, silicon. Silicon, yeah, and that, mm-hmm. um, the the most readily accessible mineral on the planet uh, uh, is the basis for this, and and not every kind. They had their preference of different kinds of sand. You don't want you don't want sand with poop in it. You know that 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 would not produce great microchips. But anyway, the the thing. So that was. Free and it took a huge job. And essentially, it was free. You paid for it, and it got more expensive when fracking started because frackers use a lot of sand because that gets blown down through the pipes to crack the um, crack the rocks. The fracturing of the crack, so you have to fill it in with sand to keep the cracks open so that the fluid of the the gas will come come through. And, oh, I didn't uh, know that. And, yeah, and then the the other thing that became free was people's attention. Mm-hmm. If they're not aware, their attention is free. Yeah, it is true, isn't it? And mm-hmm. I wonder, yeah, the whole that's where I was going with that. Up until now, there's zero chance that we could keep up with the pace of what's coming at us. And so this is where that it becomes even more important to, I think that curation is going to be a good, it's going to be a good thing. Well, in terms of, I I, I mean, mm -hmm. my big thing, and I think Mark Zuckerberg uh, can feel it coming. He's got, 
spidey senses of something's yes. coming over the attention issue because uh-huh. his whole thing is luck. We're giving it to you for free. Facebook's free. Yeah. We're giving it to you for free. And yeah. like Graham yes, definitely free. Yes, uh, Facebook is free, free. And everything like that. And but if you make the connection that attention is actually property, uh, then okay, man, yeah. so so how much back and minute of my attention, you using a minute of my attention uh, for the purposes that you sold my attention to someone else, the transaction, how much money was generated, and what do you think is my for my fair portion of my attention? Yeah, you sold that you claimed was free for you to use the way you wanted to, and but you sold my attention, so it wasn't free. Yes, yeah. a check got written for my attention. So let's start talking about the check. <laughs> yeah, uh, you receive, and how much of that check is mine? <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, I mean, it's it's coming because fundamentally, all issues of law. If you talk about laws protecting people, all issues of law, if you go right back, is based on property law. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who owns what? That, that's interesting because right now, if you look at your your news feed on Facebook, every every fourth post is an ad. Which is so that means that three of them are your friends or your things that you're interested in getting, and the fourth post that you scroll to is an ad. Somebody they've made money trying to selling your attention, so they've made roughly three to five cents every. Every time you every time you scroll past an ad, this is based on total averages. This is yeah. based on well, I'm yeah. saying like yeah. as an advertiser myself, and mm-hmm. you are too uh, in in your the organization, strategic coach. Well, but, I mean, we're we're, uh, we're big uh, Facebook fans, you know. Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah, you're big yeah. and you're big we advertisers. Get, yeah, yeah, you and yeah. So yeah. based on that, what it typically means is that to show your ad to some to one person typically is in the three to five cents per impression range. So that means that anytime somebody scrolls through, let's say they scroll through 20 posts, they've just racked up five ad exposures that is 25 cents every time somebody logs mm-hmm. on and maybe they do that. Maybe they do that 10 or 20 times a day. So you could be making, you're generating, you're generating that much. It could be a couple of dollars or more every mm-hmm. day of ad mm-hmm. revenue just for, just for your, they're stealing your property. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we're, as a species, really gifted in creating new dimensions, thinking about things that we can tempt other people's attention and attract their attention and focus their attention. We're, we're 
It seems infinite to me. I don't see any upper limit or outer outer limit to creating new things that people, once it's available, give their attention to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This was uh, interesting. I just did a quick little Google search while we were. But I have I have here. figured out the thing they're going to get the uh, social media on. I've been trying to figure because. Tim Wu, I've been reading this guy, Tim Wu, and the, the antitrust is the thing that brought down Standard Oil and AT&T. Mm-hmm. Microsoft got hit with the antitrust, yeah. and the, the, but it got very narrowed in its application. You're so big that you're now, you've got control of something that people are buying, a commodity. It's always a commodity. And now that you're a monopoly, you're raising the price of your your commodity. That's how almost all the antitrust was on the price. Mm-hmm. So very cleverly, the social media, uh, and I swing there, include Google and Twitter and uh, Facebook yeah. in the same bunch. So, well, clearly, that's not us because... We don't charge anything. You know, we, mm. we don't charge anything. Okay. And what they're going to get them, I, I it just came putting a couple articles together, that they will be deemed not monopolies, but common carriers. There's a common carrier law. So, for example, airlines are a common character. Right. Common oh. carrier, yeah. And uh-huh. none of them's got a monopoly. None of them's got a monopoly except maybe on a particular route or a particular yeah. airport. They've got a monopoly, but that's not disadvantaging the whole world. And But they're all deemed common carriers, and they can't get a license to operate or fly unless it's equal opportunity to anybody who can pay the money and be on board, And uh, which is fine. So, for example, the Air Canada cannot have a super search engine which goes through all of its potential customers and decides that anybody who voted for this political party, they can't fly on our plane. Mm, yeah. So so That's going to be interesting, though, when they try to they make lose that their, back. They lose their common carrier uh, status. They, they lose uh-huh. the regular. It's like the electric company finding out who voted against the who were for a proposition that yeah. against the electric company. Anybody who voted for this proposition are cutting their power up. You no choose for you. Yeah. So that's b- violation of your common carrier license. Okay. Uh, if you have a common carrier, you can carry everybody, but you can't you can't not carry them because you don't like something about what they're doing. What the where they're going where they're going to get where the I'll use Facebook is where they're going to get Facebook. Okay, <laughs> is that Facebook says it just exists on our platform? Okay. We're not doing anything to it. We're not doing anything that just exists on our platform. That's not true. They are doing two things with it. They are selling your existence on their platform to others. They're selling it to advertisers. But the other thing is they are promoting. They are promoting some things on their platform over other things. And I'll give you an example that they have banned one of the candidates for 
who ran for president of the United States. They banned oh, yeah. him for two years, banned him for two years and which means that they were promoting his rival. They were they picked uh, a horse. Well, yeah, they picked a horse and therefore they were promoting in an unfair way. They were promoting mm-hmm. in a prejudicial way. So if you censor someone, you are promoting the opposite view. Yes, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and that's so they put and their, their commentary. If you're a common carrier, you can't prejudicially promote one of your passengers <laughs> one and one of your passengers over another one of your passengers, you know, and everything like that. So it's coming down to that. And it's not really about economics, but it's really about freedom of thought, freedom of expression. Um, and anyway, but I'm just putting it together. And this is why he wants to go get everybody into the metaverse. <laughs> right. Hey, let's try again. Let's go on over here. Yeah. yeah. Hey, come on in here. We're going to show you this. You're never going to want to leave. But yeah, Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're never going to go. Look at that picture over there. And what's this little promotional? Ma- oh, no. Look at the picture here. Which I doubt it's a total Facebook advertising metaverse. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what yeah. it's going to be. It's yeah. integrated product yeah. placement yeah. in the whole yeah. world. Yeah. <laughs> a world where you and everybody else is a product placement. <laughs> what do you think the, how's this going to play out if we say the the future of attention? If we take, like, the, the lesson I think that what you're saying in the book is to is this idea that when you look at your attention and there was something interesting you said that I struck that reclaiming your attention sets you apart oh no that's not the one there was it was interesting there we go when it comes to your attention the moment you realize it's yours you get all of it back yeah and that's an interesting thing that it's almost like as soon as you decide to shut off the spigot, shut off the thing of what's getting your attention, mm-hmm. you're now completely in ownership of it. It's almost there's another level. Even when you think something is quiet, you, have you ever been in, I'm sure you have, and you you back this up, when you're in your house quietly and then the power goes off, mm-hmm. there's another level of stillness and quiet that comes over oh, your yeah. house when there is yeah. no power. Yeah, you just filtered out, filtered out the buzz, you know, the... Yeah. The, yeah. <clears throat> the, the pervasive... Uh, the low-level uh, hum of the house. Hum. Well, it's just every piece of electricity just went off your clock yeah. radio, yeah. your clock radio, the time, the timer on your yeah. refrigerator, yeah, and everything else, and those noisy light bulbs, you know. Yes, <laughs> but it is amazing, isn't it? The difference between that yeah, yeah. level it, of it quiet. actually happened to me about it actually happened to me two weeks ago, and uh-huh. it happened for a split second. It happened for a split second. Yeah. 
it was just a blink. We had lights on and there was a blink, but the the internet went down. The internet went Mm -hmm. down on our, it didn't go down on my phone and it didn't go Mm -hmm. down on my computer, but we have a computer that just hosts Mm -hmm. and Pandora went down. Mm -hmm. uh, So Babs had to ramp up the computer and everything else and get it back and uh, it was just a second. We had, to, we had to wind up the Victrola. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we took turns oh, winding you want, the Victrola. Uh, you you want to yeah. uh, hear the latest about supply chains that's being devastated? Is There's been this big swing back to analog records. And they're screaming because they can't get enough of their really good fossil fuels at the right kind of fossil fuels to make records, but they have orders going six months into the future, people who want their analog records and they can't get them. So I I don't know why. I haven't quite put together why that's ironically funny. It is funny to go backwards. When they were declared dead 25 years ago or they declared dead 40 years ago, you know, and uh, there's so much demand for this dead (laughs) <laughs> technology yeah. and yeah that's crazy yeah this whole where i'm curious like as i think about it now like where because it's only going to start accelerating more our our ability to access everything is the interesting thing about that the attention thing so there's a fundamental yeah. human li- there's the laws of physics and i think the, there's a law of human attention that kind of corresponds to a law of physics, and that is, and that is, you can only pay attention to one thing at a time. Uh, and there's this somehow this belief that if we we plug our brains into a supercomputer, we'll be able to think about everything at the same time. Mm. You know, you only, as a matter of fact. Probably the only thing you'll be able to think about is that your head is attached to a computer. You won't get any benefit whatsoever of the thinking that the computer is doing. Somebody comes by and sees what I'm doing here. Shame and embarrassment thoughts when they attach their head to, uh, to, the, to the computer. And the reason is any input from a computer to your head is is going to... You can only think about one input at a time. I agree. And and the corollary to that, of course, is that you are constantly, it is 100% engaged at all times. Oh, yeah. That fully primary. Plugged. Yeah. We're fully plugged in. Yeah. And yeah, first of all, we're plugged into a vast, infinite library if I can use that word, library of experiences Mm -hmm. that we've had, which if we wanted to, we could access and they would come back to us. Okay. They've done tests where they just get someone thinking about a day when they were 14 years old, that Uh they remember something that happened. There was a key experience on that day and they get the calendar out and they, they say, yeah, Day was that? What month was that? What time of the day was that? Where were yeah. you and everything else? And then if they keep going back to that over a day, about they they remember another twenty or thirty things that happened during that where they only had one memory. All of a sudden, yeah. that one memory starts pulling back the other memories 
uh, of that of that time when the person was there. So basically, yeah. that every experience we had is theoretically theoretically we can pull it back. It won't come back the way we remembered it because it's got a lot of bruises on it from other experiences. <laughs> right. Yeah. Why'd yeah. you choose him? Yeah. Why'd you choose that memory? Hey, hey, where do you think you're going? <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, that's funny. All the memories that say, say hi, Yeah, hi. right. Why do you always choose that memory? Why do you always choose him? that memory? He never does anything around here, and you always choose him. It's not fair. That's funny. <laughs> I'll tell you what's been, I mentioned to you that I had been each night drifting off to thinking about one year specifically since 1980 and it's been a really interesting thing to direct my attention like that because there's a lot of like i found the 80s was very there was lots of new flag areas to new new territory yep. to mark yep. and because it was in a different place each year and doing different things what i found is that the period from 1988 to 2000 until 97 was a little, I had to really dig in to get the distinctions because it was largely the same experience in that period of time that like it's it, amazing to me to think about it now that it was eight years because it was in the same geographic location yeah. and roughly doing the same thing. And so it was just the distinctions were a little um, more subtle than big changes. Then 1997, when I moved back to uh, Florida, then it became clear again. There were some, you know, things there. But yeah, the the sort of last 10 years has been a read as one thing in a lot of ways. Yeah. I yeah, well, I'm, this, uh, uh, you know, I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm just really appreciating the benefits of a lot of guessing and betting that I did 30, 40 years ago about the way yeah. the world might go. No, and that I've been rewarded for guessing a lot of things that entrepreneurs yeah. is going to get really big and mm -hmm. that entrepreneurs want to be coached, coached, they don't want to be managed, mm -hmm. and that the personal computer was going to make a huge difference to the capabilities yeah. and impact that entrepreneurs could make way beyond before that, that they could, on many levels, they could outperform and outcompete large bureaucratic corporations. And mm -hmm. so there were all these things that I they were guesses because we were putting together certain types of indicators from the news and, and not seeing them as a one-off here, one-off here. And you say, hey, these are all related to each other. And these things are all related to each other. There's a movement here and everything like that. But it's funny because people say, how do you get these ideas? And I said, that's just the evidence that I'm collecting and putting together. And I said, there's some new patterns here. And I said, yeah, but how do you see that? And I said, you know, that's a really good question. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't know. I really don't know. But like the VCR thing, I mean, in the moment you're 
Yeah, the moment you said, I said, well, yeah, that's so true. Boy, that simplifies enormous amounts of things. Mm-hmm. And it also tells you that, generally speaking, people are better at one of the three than they are the other two. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. Some people are really good with V, but not good with C and R. And same thing with yeah. C and same thing with R. That you know, and 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 probably the smartest people are the ones who it doesn't. They said when you're playing chess, is there any? And you're going first. Is there any advantage to black or white with the chess pieces? Mm-hmm. And, and which would you rather spend your life as, white or black? Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you were a chess piece, which would you think? And they said, if I had my choice, I'd be the chessboard. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah, that's the thing, and that's really, I think, yeah, the the, the, one, who, the one who owns the chessboard uh, wins all the games. <laughs> yes, that's what I look at. Is the VCR is the board? That's exactly right. Is to be able to see that and put those together. That's what yeah. I'm really like. That's what has my attention. That's almost like uh, that's like business school in three letters. Yeah. No need for an MBA. I got my VCR. Yeah. 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 That's really the. What thing. was a VCR? What was that? That's an old piece of technology. What was it? The... No. Yeah. Well, yeah. A VCR. The video. The video. What was it? Video. A video cassette. You got a video cassette recorder, and you think that's that's the future? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was my uh, Billy Crystal imitation. That's good. No, it's one thing. Yeah. Yeah. This is we're breaking new ground here, Dan. To get my mind thinking. Yeah, maybe it can be an honorary degree for free zone collaborators. Yeah, you know, there should be. Pull off a. They put together a collaboration that satisfies the criteria and the standards. Dean Jackson, Jackson, when he's sitting quietly on his patio. Yeah. Yeah. I deem this person can now use BCR after his name. Yeah. That's the, that's the official degree of Cloudlandia. That's the official degree. The VCR is the MBA of Cloudlandia. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. it's the PhD. It's really the, the PhD. PhD. Yeah. Yeah. She gave special awards to the lion and the scarecrow, and, you know, and the tin man. Yeah. These guys special award. I think it was the scarecrow was given special courage award. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that was the lion. The lion was a cowardly lion. Oh, that's right. That's and right. You needed courage. Yeah, I think the uh, I think the scarecrow. He just didn't feel he was smart. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, I think uh, that's a whole other subject, like credentialism. That yes. uh, credentials used to indicate that you had a capability. Uh, a capability in the world, and I don't think that credentials indicate anything about you out in the world. It simply indicates where you spent your last three or four years. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, 
And now it's really, it's almost like you can't, there's such an amazing thing that we can't even uh, imagine now what's potentially coming in the next, because we don't know how these things are going to change. No. No. You know, but our attention will be right there with us. I I think VCR is a useful set of lenses. Yes, for sure. Yeah. And well, because it was, it tells you what's moving and what's not moving. It tells you what's getting bigger and or getting smaller. You know. Well, it also is backdatable. You look at Mm. if if it was around when Kevin Harrington was flipping through the channels and saw that hole in channel 36 with the VCR thinking that yeah. was, you mean we've got the reach of being able to get to everybody watching this channel right now yeah. through the excess capacity of their capability to broadcast on <clears throat> channel 32. Yeah. I've got the vision and the capability to put programming on that time. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yep, A and W root beer. A and W root beer has never had a delivery system in the history of the company. Is that right? You know how they get delivered? No, they go see the local Pepsi distributor, and they say, "I bet uh-huh. on every truck you're not filled." Oh, really? Yep. Is that true? So I we'll did bring, not know that. Yeah, so we'll bring this stuff over. It'll be all ready for you. And anytime you got room on one of your trucks, take it along with you and tell the people you got some A and W root there too. The distributors are independent businesses. Yeah. They're not corporate they're not Pepsi corporate people. So A and W for years is just and they do the same thing with Coke. They're they're not prejudicial. <laughs> oh not man, prejudicial. equal opportunity. Yeah, and all they see is empty space. Empty space on uh, empty space on a Coke delivery truck isn't any different from the TV having eight hours of blank. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I'm gonna have to read in, up on that because I love that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah, that's a perfect example. Perfect example of something's moving where I want it to go. Why? Why can't I just put my thing on top of yeah. it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's uh, your. Yeah. And it's um, the interesting thing about it is it's probably a side deal for the Coke delivery person. First of all, probably won't want to have his accounts audited by the head company saying, what's this A&W root beer thing that showed up here? So they probably have a completely separate contract for A&W. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. Yeah. It's, uh, <clears throat> when you get right down to it, humans at their best are sneaky. <laughs> at their best. I love it. They're and sneaky. they're worse. They're yeah. sneaky. They're sneaky. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, uh, <laughs> I love And I love it. Yeah. And uh, my favorite political troll, the one Donald J. Trump, so they banned him on they banned him you know on social media. So he's figured out you know, that during the college season, when it starts in September right through to January, there's these huge stadium parties 
before and after football games. You know, yeah, tailgate parties, right. Yeah, like 100,000. And he says, I'll just show up. I'll just show up and organize. You know, game starts at 3 in the afternoon. We'll be there at 11. And we'll, we'll put stands and everything like that. And all he's doing, and that now there's his chant. I don't know if you've been watching it, but uh, it's a vulgar chant, so I can't say it on probably on the radio here. But uh, the last two words are the names of the present occupant of the White House. And oh, okay. the first first word starts with F and ends with K. Uh-uh. And uh-huh. who crowds thirty, forty thousand people chant uh, chant this and everything. And then it's gone all around. These are big stadiums. Can you imagine? So, I saw college, that. I saw college I saw stadiums a new are way stuff. bigger than pro stadiums. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. You know, I bet the one in you know, like Miami down there, I bet it. They probably have about 100,000 Alabama, all those things and everything like that. So it's, yeah, it's just really interesting that if you cut off one way of doing things, the human brain will find a a go around. Yeah, sneak around, a bypass. Yeah, so this is, uh, you're doing a service uh, for Free Zone by, I brought up the Macy's and I brought it up and people aren't quite getting it yet. They aren't quite getting it yet because Mm -hmm. the Macy's Toys R Us is the perfect corporate one because they're both dead without each other. Each of them is dead without the other. Yes. And that's what I was pointing out, that it could be the survival uh, thing. It could be the thing that breathes new life into both of them. And there could yeah, be a third. Yeah, to expand equal lack of cash confidence is yeah also, is also good. But you can't well, have it's one. Like the no. new, uh, yeah, you well, can't like, have uh, one with total ca- cash confidence, and the other one with no total cash confidence. Right, exactly. So that's 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 either called seizure or uh, charity. I don't know which one. It right, is, but it's uh, no. Now, the moment you believe in VCR, you see it everywhere. Yes, true. Or you see the inability to do it. You're either seeing it's you're either seeing why it works or you're seeing why it isn't working in this particular situation. And I think people it, it's really amazing if we can get people to recognize the things in their own VCR asset columns. Mm-hmm. You know, what the visions that they have the specialized knowledge, information, access to data, things that they know that other people don't know, the capabilities that they have with excess capacity of the core thing that they do and the reach that they have with their own customers, with their own distributors, their own suppliers, their own, all of that stuff is, I think it just makes the, collaborations that much more. Oh, yeah. And the other thing is that it reinforces um, who, not how. That's the really, that is exactly what it does. You're right. Mm-hmm. That's it, the only that way it, it works. Yeah. Yeah. It, it curbs that, that immediate thought that follows after you see a possibility and you say, oh, I'll do this and I'll do this and I'll do and I said, no, first question is, can you achieve it without doing anything? Yeah. yeah. And then who? As, what's the least pos- 
possible thing I have to do to get started, and who's the person that I talk to? Yeah. Freeze. Yeah. So anyway. All right. Just let me know. Okay. Whatever one. Uh, just let me All know. All right. Thanks. Okay. Sir. Thanks.